Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. And I know I say that about every guest every week, but this person is an actual rock star. I've heard him on all the the, the podcasts around the, the Course Creator space and um, the biggest ones as well. I heard him on the, the Pat Flynn podcast, who's one of the biggest podcasters in the space. And when it comes to this subject here, he's the go-to person in the industry. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Adrian Savage from Email Smart. Adrian, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me on. No, thank you for coming on. Um, You're based, tell us where are you based there, Adrian? So I'm in Staffordshire in the UK, right in the middle of the country where we've just had some, for the UK, very, very hot weather. Now we're back to normal again. Normally it's just kind of grey and boring, but we had two days of heat. (laughs) Yeah, I was um, I was telling Adrian this before there was this is probably um, a month ago when you're listening to this as, as the listener, but all over Facebook here in Australia, the, all the English people are, are posting memes and it's kind of like, you know, 40 degree temperature in England, the world's closing down, you know, everything's closed and it's the hottest day in the history of the world. And then there's a photo of Australia and it's just like average summer day, everyone at the beach. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right. (laughs) All right. So Adrian, what we're going to be speaking about today is email and more specifically keeping our emails uh, out of the spam box. Just before we get into that, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? What is it that you do there and how'd you get into it? Yeah. So I mean, I'll very briefly go back to when I was about seven years old. My dad brought an Apple II computer home, which is, you know, they're just in the museum these days. Um, (laughs) And he was struggling with it. He was ready to throw it out the window. And seven-year-old Adrian reads the manual, teaches dad how to do it. So I've been a geek for the last 40 odd years as a result of that. That was my little kind of pivotal moment in life. Um, And then did the usual thing, went went to university, learned, you know, did computer science, got into the corporate world, did the usual IT, telecom stuff. But I managed to escape from that about 11 years ago. um, And I started learning about the wonderful world of online marketing. Um, I I learned a platform called Infusionsoft that's now known as Keep um, and became a, a consultant in that space. And once I started working with clients, I could see that they had problems getting their emails get through sometimes. Mm. And the most common complaint I got was I'm sending all these emails out, but people are telling me they're going to spam. Mm. Um, now, in the early days, I couldn't solve that problem for them. I lost a few clients, which was you know a matter of personal pride for me. <laughs> so I decided I was going to learn everything I could about the business of getting the emails delivered and seen by people's audiences. Because obviously, if people aren't seeing your emails, then you can't sell anything to them. Mm. And even worse if someone signs up for your course and they pay you good money and and the email giving them access doesn't land in their inbox you're going to look like a bit of an idiot and they are likely to complain they might ask for their money back that kind of thing so it is really important that your emails get through as much as possible so i started digging in and working out exactly what what matters most and i've kept ahead of that and understood how things have changed over the years because, you know, frankly, a lot of people still market like it's 2012, but the world of email has moved on. And 
people need to know what matters and what doesn't. And that's why I've made, I've become really passionate about sharing this message because so few people realize that these simple things that you should be doing. And if you're not, you could be shooting yourself in the foot and sending all of your emails to spam without even realizing. So that is all that I do now is just teach and advise people how to get their emails delivered better. And I've created software that helps with that along the way as well, because being a geek is quite easy to write software. I love it. Well, yeah, I agree with um, all your points there. The two major ones, I think, is the the um, the purchases or the course buyers. Mm-hmm. I get that often. You know, people are calling me, emailing me, "Hey, I paid for this course. You haven't sent it to me." And I, I go and check my active campaign, and it's like, "Well, there is this. You know, this is the email. It looks correct." I'm like, "Hey, it says it's sent. Um, is it in your junk mail?" And they go back and they check it in, and it's like, and it's usually okay, but like, if I can skip that step, I would love to skip that step. It's less work for me, and it's a better experience for the user as well. Um, and even just in terms of numbers, now I know we'll speak about open rate, and it's not always the the best number to to go by. But even if we use it as an indication here, it's kind of like if you've got even not a hugely, say you've got you know a thousand people on your list, maybe. Like the difference between 10% of those people opening and 20%, you know, it's a, it's a decent chunk there. You know, you're going to get some buyers in there. And then when they get, get, gets bigger, let's say you get your list to 10,000 people and you can run through those numbers there. Then it gets even bigger still. So I think it's so important. Um, before we dive into it, Adrian, I'm actually on your, your website now and I'm doing a little bit of a test. I reckon all the listeners do that as well. Do you want to let the listeners know, let us know about this test that I'm doing? What is it and why should yeah. they do it? Absolutely. So one of the bits of software I've created is called the Email Smart Score. And what that does is it will tell you really simply how well you're managing your email right now and whether you can do things better than you are. It'll explain how much of your audience are helping you right now, how much of your audience are hindering you. And the really important thing is it will also show you how effective you are at reaching those new people that sign up to your email list. And all you need to do is go to emailsmartscore.com, fill in the little form, sign up with your name and your email address, and it sends you through a password. You log in, a couple of simple steps, and then depending on how big your email list is, either a few minutes or maybe half an hour later, something like that, but normally it's just a few minutes, it'll tell you what your score is and share some really cool hints and tips as to how to improve that. Awesome. So I recommend everyone listening, go and check that out. It doesn't take long and you at least get a a starting point there. One more question before we dive into it, Adrian. What's your favorite email marketing platform? Now, this is a really, really tough one because I have used so many over the years and I am now a lot more agnostic than I used to be. I'm still very loyal to Infusionsoft that is now known as Keep because I started out with that platform. I've got a lot of clients that use that and I do find that's a very easy one to to do a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about today. But my second favorite is ActiveCampaign because A, it's a lot more affordable um, and B, again, it makes it quite easy to do all the things that you need to do with your email. But I'm also, you know, MailChimp and MailerLite get honorable mentions as well because particularly if you're just starting out in this space they're very affordable so there's there's lots of different platforms but there's very few that I will actually you know say don't don't use because at the end of the day biggest mistake I see people make is they just don't send any freaking emails at all so you know as long as you've got an email platform and you're sending something out that's all that matters at the end of the day everything else beyond that is just making things better but so many people are scared to send emails they just don't get started they don't know what to do so you know if you're if you're on the fence and you're just thinking about whether or not you should be sending emails then just go and do it the more emails you send the more sales you're going to make but yeah yeah, the, the platform doesn't matter that much because all of them 
have got the most important things in place to help you get those emails delivered. It's just about how you can then go on and do the even cleverer things beyond that when you're ready. Yeah, love it. Okay, and we'll get into those tips. I, I just sorry, I keep getting off track, but I just want to. I'm loving your points here, so I just want to expand and, and touch on some of them as well. When you said, you know, uh, what a, what a lot of especially course creators do is don't send the emails, and it's kind of like I think if as um, Adrian mentioned, you're better off sending the email for many different reasons. Number one, just a learning side of things. It's like, all right, if you don't send any emails, you're never going to learn it. But if you start sending emails, okay, you're going to figure out pretty quick. If you get whatever, a heap of unsubscribes or people email you back, you know, telling you off or whatever, okay, you're doing something wrong, you know? If you get a lot of people clicking and replying and loving it, okay, you're doing something right, you know? And you'll, you'll learn that way there. Uh, on top of that, Adrian mentioned the, the sales side of things. Like the best way to guarantee that you don't make any sales from email marketing is not to send anything. You know, like let's say you send whatever you say this month, I'm going to send an email a week for the next four weeks or whatever. Okay. Maybe you make some sales, maybe you don't, but if you don't send those four emails, I guarantee you, you're not making any, any sales there. And I think a lot of people um, are also scared of the unsubscribe. You know, I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to annoy people by, you know, emailing them so much. Nobody wants to annoy people by emailing them too much, right? So don't send them annoying stuff. Um, and then I think also an unsubscribe is not necessarily a bad thing. And I think you'll probably cover. Absolutely. Yes. But, but let's, um, let's get into these tips, Adrian. I believe you've got an acronym, right? I have indeed. So it is not an entire coincidence that my brand is email smart because smart actually stands for something. So um, I'll quickly cover the five points and then we'll dig into probably two of them that are the most important ones. Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. So the S stands for two things. It starts smart and shift your thinking. Then the M is manage your engagement. The A is authenticate your emails. The R is reputation is everything. And then the T is transform your content. But if we start with the, the whole shift your thinking, then that is the most important thing. Because as with everything, it's it's rarely just about the technical things and what you're doing. It's almost always about mindset, you know, particularly if you're you know, creating courses and things like that is exactly the same thing. You've got to shift the mindset of your audience. And email is no exception to that, because I'm going to ask you a trick question now, Jono. Um, your your email list is an asset. Now, would you say that is true or false? I would say true. I would certainly hope it is, but here's the scary thing, okay? Um, uh, typically, as much as 30 to 50% of the subscribers on your email list could be liabilities rather than assets. Okay. And the more liabilities you've got on the list, the more likely it is that your entire list becomes a liability because obviously, mm -hmm. you know, you've got the, you know, that if you, it just takes a few bad apples and the whole, the whole, crate goes bad and things like that and email is the same thing if you have got too many liabilities on your email list you're going to be hurting your email reputation and if we dig into that a little bit deeper the reason for this is because we've got three great big behemoths in charge of email these days we've got google we've got microsoft and we've got yahoo um, and as much as 90 percent of an email list 
all the people on your email list might be using one of those three platforms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's Australia's got a few kind of local people like Big Pond and people like that, that, you know, so they might, you might have your local variants, but even in those cases, as much as three quarters of the list are still going to be either gmail.com or yahoo.com or hotmail.com or outlook.com. Uh, uh, over, the, here, over here, it's, um, it's Google or hotmail. I don't know. Anyone with a yeah. Yahoo. That was like a, Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I had one in, in high school. More. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting when you see that Yahoo is bigger in the US. I mean, believe Ooh. it or not, Yahoo also owned the AOL brand, and there's still people using AOL mail out there. Yeah, um, like you said, that was that's going back a few years. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, between those three, it varies. But Google is almost always the biggest. They're going to yeah. be, you know, Gmail is going to be like half your email list normally, yeah. and yeah, Hotmail is is quite big. And these days, it might be Outlook.com, but it's still Microsoft. And I'll explain why I don't like Microsoft in a minute. Um, but the challenge that we've got is that, um, you know, if you're using Gmail or if you're using Hotmail, how much are you paying as the user of that platform, Jono? How much am I paying Google? Yeah, to to use Gmail, how much are you paying to use it as as an end user? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Oh, um... Me, my, well, I, I know you can get it for free. I'm on the Google suite or whatever, Yeah, but I think okay. you can get one for free. Absolutely. And that is the difference. So most businesses will probably be paying for G Suite, which is now known as Google Workspace. But the majority of people, particularly if you're in more of a kind of non-business audience, they will be using the free version of Gmail. They'll be using the you know, Hotmail, which is free. Yeah. And the problem you've got is you know, the same as anything with Google. They make everything free because they make all their money out of advertising. Mm-hmm. So if, the, if, the, you know, if, if what we're using is free, it means that we as the users become the product. Mm-hmm. And the only way that Google can make money out of email is by displaying adverts to people when they open the emails so if you're sending emails out to people that aren't being opened google aren't going to like you very much because they can't make any money out of you Mm. Um, whereas the other side of that is if you're sending emails with a really high open rate google are going to love you because they're going to make more money and if you dig deep enough into the bulk sending guidelines that google and microsoft publish then one of the things in there is they say remove inactive subscribers Mm. because they know that well, I mean, there's two things. They're not entirely doing this to make money. The other reason is they want to give their users a good email experience. And they know mm-hmm. that if if their users are receiving a load of garbage that they don't want to read, then they're going to get upset. It's like they've got, to, they've got to filter the spam out. But also something that I've seen on my Gmail app on my phone quite frequently is a little message comes up at the top saying, you haven't read any emails from blah, blah, blah in the last 30 days. Would you like to unsubscribe? And it's oh, actually right. prompting me to help me tidy my email subscriptions up. because they know who i'm reading and who i'm not and if i ignore that for long enough and i've done this and i've got the proof if i keep ignoring one particular person's emails google is going to start rooting those emails into my spam folder without me even asking because it's just observing my behavior and everything is behavior driven but what that means is if you're mailing out a thousand people and half of those are ignoring your emails firstly google's going to think you're an idiot 
sending garbage out. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's going to be more and more likely to route the emails you're sending into everybody's spam folder. So this is the amazing thing. So, and this is where the assets versus liabilities come in, because obviously we want to mail as many people as possible that are statistically likely to open our emails. And the people that are most likely to open the emails are the ones that open them recently. If someone hasn't opened an email for the last six months, do you really think they're going to open the next one you send them? The chances are they're almost certainly not. No way. Um, And this is where I I kind of throw Einstein's definition of insanity into the mix, which is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Because what I advise people to do is to stop mailing those liabilities, stop mailing the people that aren't opening your emails and are hurting your reputation. Mm. But people don't like letting go of that because they always think, well, maybe one of these 500 people might go and buy something. And yeah, Mm. they might. But if by continuing to mail those 500 people, you're increasing the likelihood of all the other emails going to spam, then that's absolutely crazy. So it's really, really important to just identify who is opening your emails and they are your assets and they're the ones that you want to focus on. Because if you do that one thing and change that one way you think about your email and change the way you then actually manage that engagement, which is the next part in the smarts process, then that is going to transform your performance. Because you talked about open rates now, a little joke that I make with clients is that I can double anyone's open rate in about Ooh, 10 seconds. Here we go. So let's let's talk about that, that thousand email list, okay? You're saying yep. you're getting a, a 10% open rate, okay? So you're mailing a thousand people, a hundred people open. Yeah. So I can double that open rate. All I'm going to do, I'm going to remove 500 people off your email list. Yep. There we go. If I remove the ones that haven't opened anything for the longest time, you're sending to 500 people, the same hundred are opening, but your email rate is just doubled from 10% to 20%. Yep. So we're kind of cooking the books a little bit and we're gaming the system. But by doing that, Google thinks that we are a better sender of email because they're seeing a higher proportion of people reading your emails so every time you mail these people that aren't opening you're hurting yourself every time you focus just on the people that have opened recently you're helping yourself and yes you you touched on the fact that open rates aren't as um, reliable as they could be and as they once were but you can still infer a lot from open rates. And if you're getting 5, 10, 15, even 20% open rates, that's a bit on the low side. And you should be aiming for between 30, 40, even 50%. Because if you're managing your engagement properly, you can get 40 to 50% open rates. And it is, it is that simple, just by stop mailing the people that haven't opened anything. And it does depend a lot on how often you're mailing your list. Um, also, the platform you're using It's like... Um, I'll just very briefly touch on what Apple did last year because they they released a new version of iOS and they launched something called Mail Privacy Protection. And what that means is that you can you can tell Apple to block marketers' ability to see whether you've opened the emails or not. Um, and what Apple do with that is they actually pretend to open every single email that gets sent to a person who's opted into that service, whether they've read it or not. So some platforms, the open rates actually went up as a result of that. Yeah. Active campaign, what they chose to do is they chose to block reporting of all emails that have been recorded as open by this Apple mail privacy feature. So on active campaign, you might look like you're getting fewer opens than you really are because they've chosen to block this information. Mm-hmm. Other platforms like MailChimp and Keep and so on, they, they report a higher rate now because Apple's just pretending to open every single thing. But if you put that to one side and just look at your trends, because mm-hmm. from one week to the next, your overall open rate isn't going to change that much. If it goes up or down, 
if it shoots up or down, then maybe someone's changed the rules and maybe Apple have done something. But other than that, I will always monitor my open rate week by week to say, well, how is it comparing? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Am I? That means that I'm doing something good or I'm doing something not so good because it, it, it still matters. Um, but the nice thing is that either way, you can give it will give you a nice indicator and you just know that the lower the um, and the lower the open rate you're getting, then either you're not managing your engagement well enough or you've done something to really upset your audience. Mm. But, you know, I don't mind upsetting people and I don't mind getting unsubscribes because that's mm. something you mentioned as well, is if someone unsubscribes from your email list, they're doing you a favour because you're not having to wait for them to get bored and you're not having to manually kick them off your list when they're ignoring you anymore. Mm. So, you know, e even a spam complaint once in a while is OK because... You know, we, we want to polarize our audience. We want them to either love us or dislike us enough. They're going to unsubscribe. And if the occasional person hits a spam button, then, you know, if, if you're getting dozens or hundreds of spam complaints, you've probably alienated your audience a little bit too far. Yeah. But don't be scared of the occasional one. And unsubscribes are great because the more you polarize your audience, you'll get a heap of unsubscribes at the start. But then it should start to settle down and then you should be OK after that. So, you know, don't be afraid to send stuff out. Um and you know, the other thing that I'll mention there as well is once you have worked out who your assets are, you can't actually send too many emails to them. Mm. You know, it's okay to say, I've got clients that Good send point. in some cases two emails a day to yeah. their audience, which yeah. sounds insane. But as long as you've got enough valuable stuff to talk about, if people love you, they're going to love you. And the more you can share, you know, your, your job, I, obviously, the outcome that you want is to sell your course or you want to get people to sign up to whatever it is that you're offering for, you know, to be paid for. But the more you can entertain, you can educate, you can inform your audience before they've signed up, the more likely they are to pay for something. And obviously, if you've got an online course, you can share little teasers of that all day long. Um, you can share stories about what you've been doing, what you've learned, how that relates to your content. And the beauty is the more frequently you're sending out emails to those people, the more often you can then make little offers because obviously you're not going to send if every single email you sell you send is buy just my buy my stuff <laughs> buy my stuff buy my stuff people are going to get upset very quick they're going to unsubscribe yeah. but if you're sending stories and lessons and teachings and things like that every day then you can just put something into the PS saying, by the way, if you want to check out my course, here it is, or, or whatever. You've got a lot more opportunities to make offers to your audience, and they won't get upset because you've been so generous with your value already. Can, and can, I, doesn't can I give an analogy there, Adrian? So sure. I had this conversation with someone once, and they were like, man, if you email me, not even twice a day, if you email me every day, you know, I'd unsubscribe. And I was like, okay, maybe, but doesn't it doesn't it depend? You know, like what if I was emailing you and all you had to do was was click a link in there and you'd make a thousand dollars would you would you want me to email you every day then or, or is every day too much now nah, shit you know if you're getting a thousand dollars every every email you know email me multiple times a day so that can be another way to look at it as well it's kind of like and a thousand is just a silly kind of number but even if it was a hundred dollars you know so that could be a way to look at it as well hey if you're emailing yeah, your, your subscribers and you're giving them a hundred dollars worth of value like why would they not want to receive those emails? And and if they and value is different for everyone, right? It's totally cool if if I'm emailing Adrian every day and he doesn't buy with my content, like he's going to be like, okay, well, I don't really like Jono's content. He's doing it too much. I'm going to unsubscribe. Okay, that's fine. Um, but if there's someone else, it's like, man, I really like this guy's content. I'm going to keep opening it. So that that's the way I look at it in terms of frequency. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's that's exactly it. I mean, I've I've done. I, I'm not the world's most consistent person when it comes to emailing my audience, and I actually the con- confession time is I went four months without sending an e and a single oh, wow. email earlier this year. Um, the good news is I've kind of I've repented for my sins. I've woken back up. I've started sending emails again, and I was very lucky to to be able to re-engage my audience quite well. But what I did last year for a whole month is I tested sending an email every single day, mm. and I got great results. Yeah. I didn't get many more unsubscribes than normal i started getting people replying saying they actually liked my emails um and i made more sales so you know the minimum is you you absolutely must be sending something out once a week if you can that's the bare minimum because if you go below that then people are going to forget who you are and also google and microsoft in particular they like consistency and frequency so as long as you're not mailing you know thousands of people that aren't reading your stuff Mm. then they will love you to continue to mail people and then once that bit is done then it's just a case of doing what i call the virtuous circle and what i mean by that is obviously we said that if you mail lots of liabilities that aren't opening your emails your reputation is going to get hurt and you're more likely to go to spam but the flip side of that is the more assets you're mailing more frequently the more you're going to help your reputation with google and microsoft because the thing that matters more than anything is your own personal reputation that is linked to the email domain you send from so the more that reputation goes up because you're getting better open rates because you're seeing more people engage the more likely it is that when new people join your email list they are much more likely to actually see those emails when they first sign up because the the you know when someone joins your mailing list you've got a one-shot opportunity to get through to them if that first email goes to spam and they never find it you've lost them forever because if that first email goes to spam you can be guaranteed that the next one and the next one will as well so first off by managing your engagement the way i've described and by removing your liabilities focusing on the assets then you are much more likely to go into the inbox anyway but then the second thing that you need to do because we have to recognize you know i'm meant to know something about email and, and getting into the inbox but I would say, particularly with Microsoft, and this is why I hate Microsoft, because Microsoft hate marketers. They make it much more difficult for people like you and me to get into the inbox than Google do. Um, and you have to work a lot harder with Microsoft because they Microsoft considers someone to be disengaged after just two weeks and one day. Yeah, so wow. if you keep mailing people after that, then they, they think that you're mailing a lot more of an unengaged portion of the list. Um, but going back to getting into the, the inbox and the virtuous circle, and then I'll go back to the other point I was going to make after that, because I'm, I'm going down rabbit holes myself <laughs> now, um, is that first off, if you want to avoid people going to the spam folder, then you've got to put something on whatever thank you page or acknowledgement that they display when they join your email list you need to put a very clear message on there saying i have just sent you this email go and look for this email and it's going to be from adrian email smart it's going to have this subject line if you don't find it go to the spam folder search for it mark it as safe drag it back into your inbox and you have to be that specific because if some first off they need to be told to go and find it and secondly they need to be trained to actually tell their mailbox provider that they want to hear from you because if they go and find it in the spam and then leave it there then they're effectively telling google or hotmail or whatever that they don't want to hear from you anymore because you've got to get them to rescue it so when you put this thank you page up you've got to be really clear that 
they must go and find this and they must rescue that email because we're training them to do what we want. We're training them to say, if you want to hit, if you want to receive our content in the future, make sure you do this. Otherwise, you probably won't. And, you know, hopefully only one in 10, one in 20 emails might go to spam when you when you when people sign up. But you don't want to lose anybody because otherwise and this is how it happens. I look at people's email lists and sometimes maybe 10, 20 percent of someone's entire email list have never, ever opened a single thing they've sent. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly because they haven't tried to get them at the at the start of the process. So that's the crazy thing. So you know, make sure we, we call it modifying human behavior. We've got to teach people to do what we want. But then if you're doing that and you're managing your engagement and fewer people are getting their emails go to spam in the first place, then as time goes on, you'll find that more and more of your audience are seeing your emails. Um, and you know, we, we talked about gaming the system. We talked about doubling your open rate just by throwing half your list in the trash. Um, But the good news is, as long as you're continuing to generate new leads, as long as you're adding people to your mail list, then your list will grow again back to the size that it was. Mm. But instead of having 30, 40, 50 percent liabilities on your list, most of those are going to be assets. Most of them are going to be reading your emails and you are much more likely to be much more successful. So the virtuous circle is all about manager engagement. And the better you do that, the more likely everyone on your email list is going to be able to see your emails. It just there's this little painful bit at the start where you have to just let go of a few people that that at the end of the day, you've probably lost them already. Um, a little tip there for people who've got a slightly bigger list, maybe maybe they're spending money on advertising and things like that as well. If someone has stopped reading your emails, you can still export that list of email addresses uh, and you can put it into Facebook as a custom audience and you can show adverts to those specific people and things like that. So just because the email doesn't work, if you, you, you can retarget them using Facebook, if you've got a mobile number, you can still send them a text message or something like that. So it depends what information you've got on people. But this is where, you know, this is why I also mentioned that email is never the only game in town. I love email. That's what I do. But it complements other things really well, like social media, like text messages, like, you know, even direct mail, stuff like that. If you've got a valuable client and they're not reading your emails anymore, pop something in the post and that might wake them back up. Because at the end of the day, there are people that you have probably made money from who aren't seeing your emails anymore. And you don't want to let them go without a fight because it's much easier to sell something to people that have already been a customer than it is to find a new customer. So, All right. So we've covered the, the S and the M. Uh, let's just do a really quick run through on, on the last three there, Adrian. Okay. So I'll spend the most time on the A, um, which is mm. authenticate your emails, because this one is you only have to do it once. But if you haven't set up email authentication, you really must, because it's the one thing that's, that sets you apart from the spammers. Because authentication is about telling the world that the emails that you're sending are legitimate. Um, I'll geek out for a second. I'll apologize for using acronyms, but there's two things that you've got to set up. And if you're using ActiveCampaign or MailChimp or whatever platform you're using, you, you must do this. So the acronym is DKIM, which stands for Domain Keys Identified Mail. Um, but what you will see in your email platform is something like email authentication. And you need to set that up. Um, and when you do that, then that puts a digital signature onto every single email that you send out. And as long as you've got that done, then that means that Google, Microsoft and so on, they can see that that email is legitimately coming from you. Um, it's a little bit techy. So if you're not sure what you're doing there, then it's OK to get professional help. Um, 
And then the second thing you need to set up is what's known as SPF, which is nothing to do with protecting your skin or anything like that. <laughs> this is send a policy framework. Um, and what that does is that tells the world which email platforms you trust to send emails. And both of those things, you have access to your domain to set that up and you publish a record in your domain control panel. So it's a little bit techy. If you're not sure, get help. But email authentication is really, really important because that's what's going to make the biggest difference between hitting the inbox and landing in the spam folder. So that covers authentication. Reputation pretty much covers everything. Reputation is everything because if you've got a bad reputation, your emails aren't going to get through and you're going to be more likely to end in, in the spam folder. And we've talked about some of the things that can tank your reputation, things like mailing to lots of unengaged contacts. That's one of the biggest things. If you get lots of spam complaints because you're getting lots of, because you're sending out garbage, then yeah, that's going to tank your reputation. And I'm sure no one listening does this, but if you were scraping email addresses off the internet or buying email lists from people that hadn't given you permission directly to mail them, then again, you're going to harm your reputation. You could hit what's known as a spam trap. Um, and again, you end up on a block list and that's your reputation in tatters. So as long as you're being sensible and you're just getting email addresses from people that have specifically asked you for your content, then you're going to be fine. And then just send them what they want and let them unsubscribe and don't send garbage out. And then the final thing then is transform your content. And all I will say at this point is... <clears throat> If it reads like a 1990s advertorial, then it's probably going to it's probably not going to be very successful. Yeah. What people want in this day and age is firstly, don't make the emails too long. Secondly, don't make them look like an ad. Thirdly, make it sound like it's a conversational email written by you in your authentic tone of voice. And don't try and be all gimmicky. Just, you know, just just share stuff from the heart and make it sound like it's a personal email you're writing from you to one member of your audience. And the more you can do that, the better. The more it looks like a personal email, the more successful it's going to be. If it's littered with graphics and logos and all, all the shit that you see in, you know, e email marketing emails from the big brands, mm. then guess what? Google's going to see it's a promotion and treat it as a promotion. The more it sounds like a conversation, the more it's going to get through. So, so that's the content bit. So those, those are, those are the five bits of smart in a nutshell. Awesome. I, I just want to spend a minute on those last three, uh, cause I think there's some really good points for, for my audience specifically. I think the, uh, authentication part, I think most people listening to this, that probably went straight over their head. So I'm guessing, I think the best question there is who would they speak to who could maybe do those, um, those things for them? Okay. Um, so normally then, I mean, it's, it's a service that I can offer, um, but there's probably people local that can do it as well. It's what you've got to be careful of is the typical web guy or web experts. They don't necessarily know how to set it up. They might be the ones that are looking after your domain hosting and things like that. But more often than not, I've had to rescue people where their web person actually set it up wrongly. Yeah. So, you know, in most cases, if you just if you Google SPF and DKM setup, um, and if there's no one local offering that, then you know it's something that I can help with if necessary as well. Um, because, like I say, you don't need to be an expert on this stuff. If you can read the instructions, and it makes sense, and you're tech enough to to modify your domain records, then then that's cool. Um, but if not, then you know don't be afraid to ask for help. Awesome. Okay. Um, the reputation. So I think that's a a good one as well. So. A lot of people listening to this might be from the view of just, oh, it's so good to have a really big email. So I'm going to get emails anywhere I can. Um, and essentially what Adrian's saying here is that's a bad thing to do. Like even if you, whatever, you know, I, I even remember years ago now, maybe five years ago, I was in a Facebook group and, um, you know, someone said, hey, I've got this free thing, you know, enter your email down below if you want it. And 
um, my business partner at the time was like, man, we should just get all these emails and also put them on our list as well. And I was like, ah, but they don't really, you know, they haven't really wanted to hear from us. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, they put it on a public forum. They wanted the info and, you know, we didn't end up doing it because I'm just like, ah, I, I don't feel right. But I think that could be a situation that, um, or, or similar situations may occur for people listening to this. So the message here is essentially just don't do that. Like it's, it's, it's probably illegal anyway, um, but, but it's not a good thing to do. Like you want yeah, to that, that know they're, they're emailing there. Uh, and then I think the, the transform your content is a really good point as well, because most people listening to this are probably just starting off with, um, with marketing. So, you know, they, they probably think, well, that's what marketing is. You have all these pictures and these headlines and these images and these columns. And, the, and that's what I did when I started off emailing as well. But I had someone that gave me similar advice to you, which was like, no, no, try and make it as personal as possible. You know, and, and literally even just speak to the one person. You know, that yeah. email could, should, should be able to be read. You know, hey, Adrian, how are you? You know, what have you been up to? Yada, yada, yada. Instead of like, hey, people, I've got this amazing opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that absolutely nails it. I mean, going going back to the reputation thing, I would rather have 200 highly engaged people on my email list that love me rather than a couple of thousand people where they just kind of, you know, they, they come from anywhere and everywhere and they're not a good fit and all that kind of thing because it's going to hurt hurt yourself. So, you know, yeah, this is, you know, we, we've, we've evolved to the point where it's very much about quality, not quantity. Yeah. And for everyone listening, I just got my, my smart score. Should I reveal it, Adrian? Yeah, I think it's it's good because you know you are you are by nowhere near the worst I've ever seen. I've seen people with a score of zero, believe okay. it or not. Um, so you know, from from that perspective, then that's not a problem at all. And also, the if if you've got the kind of score that you've got, then it's good because it's it's quite easy to make improvements quite quickly. So yeah, if you want to go ahead and share what your score is, yes. Well, my score was five hundred, and I was like, oh, it's pretty good, five hundred. But then I realized it was out of a thousand. So I was like, okay, it's, uh, it's, 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 um, I don't even think it's a pass. I've got a, a poor here. Yeah. It's you know, anything below about 800 means that you've got significant room for improvement. Cause what that's saying pretty much is about half of your email list right now that you've, so let's be clear. This is just the people you've mailed in the last 30 days. So it's not the people that have unsubscribed or the people yeah. that have been on your list for a long time. We're saying in the last 30 days, about half the people you mailed were liabilities, not assets. And those are the ones you need to stop sending. So if you look at the little recommendations on the page and you'll see the first thing it says is stop mailing the liabilities. And if you do that, one thing then it's that that solves a big part of the problem and then it's just a case of how you then fine-tune it and tweak it because the thing with this is there's always something you can do to make it better mm. but obviously what we're about here is where's the where's the low-hanging fruit we can pick the most easily and that one is basically find the liabilities and get rid of them awesome all right well adrian that was awesome to have you on um i'm sure there's going to be a heap of people listening to this that are like okay this guy's cool he's entertaining he knows his stuff um i want to follow this guy where's the best place we go to follow you so best thing is on facebook it's facebook.com slash adrian.savage um i haven't got much other social going i need to get that sorted at some okay. point but i've been spending so much time just geeking out and doing software and things like that um the other thing as well if any any specific questions always happy to point people in the right direction just drop me an email adrian at emailsmart.com as well and if you go to the smart score at emailsmartscore.com that's how you get onto my email list um and then i'll be sending out you know hopefully examples of okay good emails rather than not so good emails so any of those ways and i'm always happy to help because like i said 
not enough people get this message. Not enough people realise that they have got liabilities on their list. So I just want to get that out there as far and wide as we can. Awesome. Well, that's all I wanted to cover. Adrian, is there anything you wanted to uh, finish us off with or anything I forgot to ask you? No, I think that pretty much covers it. The only thing is, is it's, you know, um, find your assets and go and send them a ton of mails. That's it. Hey, course creators, real quick before we get into today's episode, I've got a little favor to ask. As a lot of you are probably aware, one of my goals for this year is to get the, is to massively grow this podcast and get it to be one of the top ranking podcasts in the, the marketing space. Uh, to do that, what really helps is if I can generate as many uh, ratings as, as reviews as possible from listeners. So if you're a returning listener, if you could take a couple seconds and just give me a, a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, that would mean the world, that would mean the world to me. Anyway, let's get to today's show.